Hey everyone, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow Pod. We are on Daniel's eighth test of standing out for God publicly. And in this world, it's really rare to stand out for anything, let alone standing out for God. I mean, think about businesses. Any of them that stand out for making a controversial stand? I can think of the obvious one is Chick-fil-A, who stands out for not opening on Sunday. And they started a fast food chain selling fast food chicken sandwiches, but not being open on Sunday, which is one of the busiest days for fast food in the world because they firmly believed in the fourth commandment of the Bible where you should rest on the seventh day. Now, now Chick-fil-A is kind of packaged that it's more as a day for employees to spend with their family and rest, but it still stands out. I saw a story where there's there's a certain Chick-fil-A that's experimenting with a three-day work week. That's 14-hour days for three days. Then you have off for four days so you can spend more time with your family. Since they're only open six days, it's possible. Man, I would love to have that schedule where you just work three days and then you have four days off and you still hit all your hours because that would be incredible. People could go, you could go on a vacation all the time. Another store that or business that stands out is CVS. CVS is the country's largest drugstore. And in 2014, it was eight years ago, they said they would no longer fit in with society, but rather they would stand out by announcing that they would move more towards being a healthcare provider since they're actually, that's what they are as a drugstore. They would stop selling cigarettes and other tobacco products as it's deadly for our health. They explained how, how can we be a healthcare provider yet still sell tobacco? The company estimates that it will lose every year $2 billion in sales. It's billion dollars in sales from customers who come to buy tobacco or other products. That is a crazy move. But CVS continues to be strong eight years later. And just this year, Walgreens announced that they would possibly stop selling it in certain locations, but they still sell it. And many, many financial analysts at the time in 2014 were like, oh, CVS, you can't do that. It's going to be terrible. It's going to ruin you. It's going to destroy your business. But you know what? They're still up. There's two new CVS by my house within the past eight years. Because standing out basically puts a big bullseye on you. But it turns out it was a very wise result in the long term. Last week, we looked at why Daniel continually was promoted at work because he stood out by his professional competence, his personal character, and his public commitment to God. He was not afraid to stand out for God. And in this pod, we're going to look at why was he not afraid to stand out? See, Daniel wasn't afraid to stand out for a bunch of things. The first reason was that he remembered God was faithful in the past. Daniel has been through so many tests and twists and turns of life, and God has been faithful throughout. I mean, God took care of him all the way back when he was 15 and in a foreign land all the way to just now with the writing on the wall just in the last chapter. He's still in there despite the old king gone. God took care of us when they, were, when they had to bow down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't do that. God took care of me when I had to deliver bad news and say, you're going to lose your kingdom. I could have lost my head for delivering news. All these things that Daniel went through, all these different tests, every single one of them, he remembers. God has been so faithful to him. 
God has many promises in his word about his faithfulness. We know how much God loves and cares for us by what he did for us, by providing us salvation from his death on the cross. And if we simply call out to him, he is faithful to remove our sins and that we can spend eternity with him in heaven. But he also has many other promises there to take care of us, to be there for us. And we have to remember that God is faithful to his promises. In my life, there were countless times that I should not even be here. I don't know all the details, but I, I'm going to tell you what my parents have told me throughout the ages. And I'll just go over the first couple. I don't know all the details, but before I was born, the doctors were concerned about me. My dad took my mom to church like they did every week, and they went to the Tuesday night prayer group at the time and how she was worried. And she started crying. And she's like, you know, 39 weeks or 40 weeks pregnant at this point. And she started crying and all the ladies prayed over her that the delivery would go well and that I would come out soon and everything would be fine. After about 20 minutes of prayer, her water broke during the prayer. (laughs) She was rushed to the hospital. And what was great about it was it was nice that an ambulance driver was with my dad in the men's prayer meeting and his wife was in the woman's prayer meeting. So she ran and got her husband and the ambulance was right in the parking lot. And I was ushered right to the hospital from (laughs) the church. Talk about convenient. And boom, just two hours later, I was born completely healthy. Well, I was healthy, except I was blue and had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck four times. It was a very scary delivery because of that. But two days later, it was like nothing ever happened. I was completely fine. A year after that, my parents had me, and I don't know where we were, but we were by a utility pole hole. It was about to get the utility pole put in it. And the hole was drilled. There was some concrete with a spike at the bottom where the wood would get smushed into the concrete and the spike on the bottom of the concrete so it would be stable. And they were talking to somebody and my mom was tired and put me down. And being the accident prone child that I was, I crawled over and snuck in between the plastic construction barrier. And with me, I proceeded to head straight to the hole, which I fell straight into. My mom screamed after she saw me fall and ran over to the hole and picked me up out of the hole somehow. The hole was six feet deep. It was wider than me. And somehow she just picked me up. It was like there wasn't a scratch on me and they couldn't explain it. Somehow I kind of miraculously hovered over the spike. Maybe my feet and arms were jammed into the side of the hole and it stopped me. Who knows? But somehow I got out of it completely unscathed. Once again, God was faithful. A year after that, I had somehow gotten a hold of a bottle of Tylenol before my nap. So I took my nap, ate the 48 pills like they were candy, and slept for about two hours or so. And then it was another two hours before my mom found the empty Tylenol bottle in my room, which made her freak out. She drove me immediately to the emergency room where they pumped my stomach, and out came 48 glistening non-digested Tylenol pills. I can't explain it, neither could the doctor's. Tylenol does not take four, five, six hours to dissolve in your stomach. It work, It starts in about 30 minutes at the most. That's when you start to feel pain relief. But somehow, God has kept me safe. And those are just the events in my first two years of life. There's many, many more, but I don't have hours to tell you all of them. God has been faithful to Daniel throughout his whole life. He has been through so much. It's almost to the point where Daniel is just like, here we go again. I mean, he literally just told the king about the writing on the wall and he's about to die and Daniel lived through it. 
and he didn't even get scared with this new test because he knew how faithful God was. I, I wonder if it even phased him. And when you start to get scared, like what will people do to me at work if I stand up for my faith or my values or my morals or my ethics? If I do what's right and I speak the truth and you start to get afraid, remember how God has taken care of you in the past. The second reason he was unafraid is the secret of his courage. He has a conversation with God three times a day. Daniel 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room and where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knee and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. I love the fact that when he heard this, that he couldn't worship or pray to his God anymore. He immediately goes home and does it. He doesn't even blink. He doesn't consider or do anything else. It may have been such an ingrained habit. He didn't even think twice. He might've been like, I've been through this before. I don't care what's coming. This is what I do. I mean, think about it. If you prayed three times a day and you've had a conversation with God three times a day, every day of your life for 67 years in Babylon, you might be you think you might be a little stronger in your faith in God? Any possibility that might have have an impact on your confidence? That you might be less insecure? That you might be more immune to the disapproval of other people? That maybe Daniel just didn't care and didn't fear rejection? So if you don't get anything else, listen to this. This is my message in a sentence. The secret of standing strong is kneeling often. The more you kneel in prayer, the stronger you're going to stand out when the heat is on in your life. See, Daniel knows God. He's not worried about what other people think or might even try to do. God has been faithful to him in the past, and he knows he'll be faithful to him in the future. One of the sad things I see is how often marriages end in divorce. You know, I've been talking a lot about football lately. I just keep going on that. I love it. I love football. I watch it every Sunday, and I've said many times, that how much I love it. And, you know, this past couple months, I heard Tom Brady, star quarterback, he's been around, he's been playing for like forever, it feels like, you know, and I heard him and his wife Giselle are divorcing. It made me sad because you could see here in almost every big game. It says Tom Brady has been in almost every Super Bowl in the past 20 years. I think he's been in over half of them with the, with the, yeah, he has been in 10 out of 20 Super Bowl. It is crazy. You could see her at almost every big game with the kids. They had an image of absolute love for each other that was encouraging, but little did we know that they had grown apart for years. Brady played football while Giselle, who actually made more money, which I always find that hysterical, each year wanted to do things for her career, but she couldn't because she had to take care of the kids while Tom played football. And they eventually grew further and further apart until it's just to the point where they just split. That's sad. I'm sure if they truly talked and communicated three times each day and showed that they loved each other three times every day, they'd still be together. You know, you don't just grow apart. I mean, you you actually do just grow apart, but they didn't grow together. See, imagine how many marriages could be saved if they just communicated and tried to grow together with their spouses. If they showed up and tried to build that relationship every single day. How would your relationship with God be if you did that? Would you be more courageous to stand up for him if you talked to him three times every single day? Maybe we would understand a little more about how much God loves us by sending his son Jesus to die for us. 
paying the penalty of our sins so that we can call out to him and ask for forgiveness and be reconciled to him. Not only that, but welcomed into his family as an adopted child with all the rights and privileges of being a part of his family. Instead of wondering how much God loves us or if he's there or if he even cares about me, but because we talk to him three times a day, our relationship is immovable. But how many times we may talk to him three times a week, three times a month, three times a year? (sighs) Then there's a third thing that kept him from being shaken by this. He wasn't shaken by it at all. He just goes home and does what he's done the last 67 years. And if he started when he was 15, that's 73,365 prayers. That's a lot of prayers. He doesn't even wince about this new law. The third reason he was unshaken was he knew the rewards were greater than any risk. Is it risky to break the law? Yeah. Will there be punishment? Yes. Could he even lose his life? Yes. But we have a history of that in the, in the Bible where Peter and the apostles, they stood before the Sanhedrin, the highest court in Jerusalem at the time. And they said to him when they were told not to preach Jesus, they said, we must obey God rather than men. Have you had to make any hard choices because of that? Have you been forced to obey God rather than man in your job? There may come a day when America continues to change. There are going to be some laws that you just can't abide by. You're going to have to decide, am I going to be like Peter and the apostles? Or am I going to be like Daniel? We must obey God rather than men. What is Daniel doing here? He's doing passive civil disobedience is what he's doing. He's saying, I can't obey that law. My number one allegiance is to God, so I can't put anything before God. Because he wrote in his word, you cannot have any other gods before me. So he goes to the window and prays. This is passive civil disobedience. He said, I'm going to go home, I'm going to throw open my windows, and I'm going to pray in public. Who opened the windows? Daniel did. He's not hiding. He's not going, oh, I might get into trouble. I might get put in jail. Something bad's going to happen. I could lose my job. Nope. He knew the rewards of doing the right thing were greater than the risks and that doing the wrong thing would be devastating. But he wasn't shaken. I want us to look at the benefits of standing up for God. Let me just say this. Anytime if you struggle with fear, listen to this. Anytime you want to defeat a controlling fear in your life, any kind of fear, anytime you want to defeat a controlling fear in your life, it may be the fear of disapproval or the fear of witnessing or sharing about Jesus or whatever. What you need to do is to minimize the negative possibilities and maximize the benefits of doing the right thing. You need to get your eyes off of, well, this could happen, or this could happen, or this could happen. I could lose my job. I could lose my salary. I could lose my reputation. I could lose. Minimize the negative. This is an act of faith and maximize all the benefits. If I don't want to be shaken when people start coming against me for my faith, as what happened with Daniel, it's, it's going to happen to you. I doubt you're going to be thrown into a lion's den. No, seriously, that that's never going to happen to you. But you could be ostracized. You could be gossiped about. A lot of things could happen to you. We know people are losing their businesses because they're standing firm on a Christian value that they hold to. So how in the world do I stay strong? Well, it's pretty simple. Follow Daniel's example. Remember how much God has been faithful to you. Look back on your life. Every time I get frustrated or wonder about that. I just look back at my life and man, I can count how many times I shouldn't even be alive. And it gives me the strength to stand, stand out for him. Talk to him multiple times a day. 
build that relationship and you'll be closer than you can think possible. And know that the rewards of following Jesus are greater than any risk you may have to take. You have eternity to look forward to. And he's always there with you. It will be okay. So how do I not be shaken when society is changing all around me? You remember the benefits of doing the right thing. Which we will look at in our next pod because I have run out of time. And I hope this encourages you today. I hope that encourages you to look at how God has been faithful to you, to take some time and say, you know what, I'm going to spend time talking to him every day. And you do that, and then you'll remember the rewards that of following Jesus are greater than anything. So I hope this encourages you today. God bless, and I will talk to you next week.